My name's Rat, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Fanholes Transformers Tuesdays. Uh, this is Mike. Tonight we are going to be discussing another Transformers Spotlight issue by IDW. We're going to be talking about Spotlight Mirage, which came out in uh, 2005, I believe, or maybe 2006. Uh, I actually don't remember, but I will look it up right now. And it came out. Oh, it was 2008. Okay, I'm way off. But in whatever case, yeah, we we will be discussing Spotlight Mirage, and uh, before I get into why we're we're discussing Spotlight Mirage, I'd like to just uh, call attention to the other guy who's here. Uh, why don't you say hi? I'm the other guy. What's up? This is Derek. Derek WC. I wanted to talk about this issue because uh, as, as we're recording this, we're in the middle of Combiner Wars, which are both the toy line and a, a storyline in IDW comics. And, uh, well, Spotlight, when Spotlight Mirage came out in 2008, it basically, it's a standalone issue when it has, it, it wasn't written by Simon Furman, who was like handling the books at that time. And, uh, it, it, it has nothing to do with anything. Basically. It's like, it, it might as well like take, it could take place anywhere. It doesn't take place in the IDW continuity, really, and it, it, it pretty much has no consequence on the main books or anything. But uh, in Combiner Wars, like, Mirage has been, entered the story as sort of a, not a, in a supporting role, and we do know at this point that Mirage will be getting a new toy soon that will probably be, like, a Combiner. We, we Obviously, he'll be, like, a redeco of, like, the current, like, Stunticon drag strip we're betting. Uh, it would be pretty weird if he were anything else other than a race car. So, like, obviously, like, I, I'd imagine, like, by the time people hear this, the story will be done, so we'll know for sure. But I'm going to say that Mirage will probably end up combining with, like, Optimus Prime or whoever else, like, at the end of this storyline. And that's why he's been, like, uh, inserted in there. But um, the reason I wanted to talk about Spotlight Mirage in particular is because... Uh, John Barber, a continuity fiend that he is, has actually referenced this story in a recent issue, part two of Combiner Wars, where it, it is, uh, or I, actually, no, it's part three, where it is revealed that Mirage sometimes suffers from hallucinations, and basically the, the events of this issue were, were one of his like most noted hallucinations, where he was a Decepticon in like, another reality. And the the uh, point is brought up that it's possibly not a hallucination, but some kind of prophecy, because as his visions in the Combiner Wars storyline, which is uh, going on, basically like hint at stuff that's going to happen rather than any kind of hallucination. So I thought we'd like just take a look at this issue and just kind of 
I don't know. We'll, we'll review it on its own merits, but maybe just say you think any like this could be a potential plot line for the future. And uh, yeah, so that's what I thought. Try and remember which side you're on, Mirage. Keep your mind on the Decepticons, Clipchopper. That's just what I'm doing. Like I mentioned, uh, it it's written not by Simon Furman, but by George Strayton. Um, I guess he's a, a sci-fi writer. It says he's written like some stuff for Dungeons and Dragons, and he's also done like he's like a media uh, like assistant or producer for like Hasbro, or he was at the time of this writing, uh, the timing of this like spotlight, like in 2008. Who knows now what with uh, Hasbro going through like some layoffs between then and now. So so at this time like this was when they were releasing all the the Shun miniseries I guess for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, this is towards the tail end of the uh, yeah, the the uh, Dash Ion, yeah. the Dash Ion, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> you know, in, it's or like infestation Whatever, all the the different modes of uh, yeah, in, infiltration, escalation, yeah, yeah devastation. Yeah. Okay, because uh, it's been it's been a long time since I've actually read this, and then also since I've read the I guess that IDW Simon Furman stuff. But that's basically the time frame that we're dealing with. So it's it's sort of pre Bumblebee leading the Autobots, but yes. you know it's 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 sort of towards the tail end of, of Furman stuff, probably. Then. Yeah, it, it's like almost on the edge of All Hail Megatron okay. starting. Okay. So. And speaking of All Hail Megatron, the art in this issue is done by Guido Giddy, who is always a reliable artist. Yeah. And, uh, co- yeah, uh, colors by Josh Burcham, also a reliable guy who makes everything look pretty vibrant, usually. I guess uh, I'll start off with just like summarizing the issue. It's not it's not a very complicated issue. Uh, it, it basically opens it up with Mirage having a dream, and uh, he sees a bunch of various images. Like uh, he sees Hound asking him if he's all right. Um, there's an explosion. Uh, he sees a vision of Starscream like impaling Optimus Prime on a spear, uh, and like he he wakes up in a machine. Uh, and he he says, like, oh, this dream is particularly weird because in the dream, he's an Autobot. But where the reader at this point is like, wait, but he is an Autobot, so what are you talking about? And you see, like, when he's strapped into this big, what I assume is some kind of healing machine, he has a Decepticon symbol. So basically, like, we start from that point and we move on. And where wherever whatever this is, whatever reality or whatever, like, fever dream this is, uh, Mirage is and has always been a Decepticon, and uh, it sort of opens up with him talking to Megatron. We get the information that the war has pretty much been completely won by the Decepticons, and there's only a small amount of Autobots left. And it, there's kind of the implication that, like, it's because of Mirage, almost. It's kind of like he's so cool that, like, he was the one who, like, helped ended the war and stuff, because he's, like, super special and awesome. Uh, and uh, he basically, like, he kind of haggles with Megatron. Like, he can, he tells him, I can bring in the rest of the Autobots that are out there, but only if you give me, like, a sort of a share of, like, the Energon mining profits that you're, you know, that uh, are going uh, going down or what, whatever the, they're doing with the universe now that there's, like, no resistance left. So uh, I guess he kind of settles this with Megatron. On another 
it says the Pegasus Star Cluster. I don't know. It's like a, I guess it's a planet or a moon or something. And uh, the the few remaining Autobots that are still alive are kind of huddled there in some kind of bunker. And it's Optimus, uh, Hound, Ratchet, and Jetfire. And Jetfire's in pretty sorry shape. Ratchet has to constantly tend to him. So uh, basically, I guess these are the last vestiges of the Autobot resistance at this point. And they're just about out of Energon. And they're exploring alternate energy sources. And they talk about Zodiac energy, which... I guess it's kind of appropriate since we last talked about Transformers Zone, like in our last like TF Tuesdays. So they're they're kind of like it's kind of I guess it's only really a name drop. But Pound says like the energy is like out of phase with their dimension, like it's at cross dimensional properties. And I, I don't know if that's like kind of a nod that it's like you know it's it's at the energy from Zone and it's from a different reality or whatever or. If it's just being used as like you know the the plot device in this issue, but like I thought it was a neat touch at least, like or, or a neat little nod. Basically, though, like Hound says, like the Zodiac energy is not suitable for them to use as an energy source, and it only it it kind of only sends back a reflection or uh, it, it it's weird, like it's kind of ill-defined. Hound just kind of says like you can't you can't use it for energy because it's like trying to consume the reflection of energy rather than the energy itself. So, yeah, whatever he means there, it, it, it means they don't have any energy. I was like, I think it's just so they can have that cool little scene where Mirage looks at himself in the mirror or whatever. Yeah, basically, yeah, like I said, it's, it's basically a plot, like a plot device at that time. Um, Bumblebee arrives at, like, the little, like, safety bunker, and uh, they're kind of like, oh, like, we're glad to see you, we're glad you're all right, like, where are the others? And Bumblebee says, like, oh, I'm the last one left, everyone died, blah, 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 we, everything sucks, you know, we're we're going to die. Bumblebee turns and shoots the security system, and it turns out it's not Bumblebee, it's actually Mirage using his electro-scrambler to change his appearance to look like Bumblebee, which means... The real Bumblebee is probably dead. It's probably somebody's necklace. Right now. Yeah, exactly. He's probably on the neck. <laughs> yeah, he he's got he's on someone's necklace right now. Yep. Uh, but anyway, uh, Mirage leads a group of Decepticons into the bunker. Uh, Starscream, Soundwave, Blitzwing, and Astro Train. And uh, he basically tells Prime, you know, surrender, and I'll let you guys. You know, we'll let you guys live. And Optimus, of course, isn't having that. So they get into the standard brawl, which goes on for a few pages. And um, Optimus actually manages to... They basically win the brawl, more or less, just Hound, Optimus, and Ratchet. But, it, like, Hound even, like, pulls Soundwave's head off, which is kind of brutal. Like, I was kind of laughing about that, because, like, Hound is probably like, man, if, like, Generation 2 Blades could see me now, like, he wouldn't call me a pussy anymore, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that part kind of made me chuckle. But um, Mirage gets the fight to end when he basically puts a gun to Jetfire's, who is pretty much, you know, out of it. He puts a gun to Jetfire's head and says, you know, surrender and I'll let him live. And, uh, You're like, how, how do you win the fight? You go after the guys in the hospital. Exactly, yep. Threaten the wounded. So, 
Optimus agrees to surrender as long as, you know, Jetfire, he, Mirage allows them to live and gets Jetfire some help. And uh, Hound's pretty pissed off at Mirage because uh, apparently, well, not apparently, if you're familiar with the, you know, any, the cartoon or whatever, you know, obviously Hound and Mirage are friends, so he's probably pretty pissed at uh, Mirage ended up on the side of the Decepticons in this reality. He's also um, probably mad that they stole each other's powers or whatever, right? Yeah, I know, huh? Yeah, it's like... It's like, well, I'm they, supposed I, to be projecting Bumblebee. Yeah. Well, I, I was like, the elected... I was, I was kind of like, well, that... The Electro Scrambler is supposed to be able to change Mirage's, like, physical appearance. But, it, yeah, and, and like... Town's like Transformers Universe profile just says that he makes holograms of like maps and stuff, not like holograms of anything. But yeah, obviously in the cartoon they just kind of like made simplified it, I yeah. guess. Where Town can make holograms of anything, and Mirage just turns invisible. So, but um, yeah. So uh, Mirage has that moment that Derek mentioned earlier, where he looks into the like Zodiac energy well and sees his reflection. And uh, he's like, "What's this?" And Hound's like, "Never you mind. Like, let's get out of here. Like, let's call call Megatron and like, let's get some help for Jetfire." So Mirage calls Megatron, and of course, like he says, like, "Oh, I promised them they could live." And Megatron's like, "Oh, hell no! You're gonna kill them." And everyone, Optimus and Hound are kind of taken aback because Mirage actually, or I should say, Optimus and Ratchet are taken aback because Mirage says, "Okay, fine, I'll kill them." And uh, he he pins Hound down, and he's going to spare Hound. That's kind of a weird moment in terms of storytelling structure. Like, do you know what I mean? Because it jumps from... It feels like a jump cut to me, you know? Like, where... Yeah. It's like he, he he's having sort of an internal dilemma, almost. Like, even though he's a Decepticon, even though you you have full awareness of the backstory being that you know, Mirage in this universe played a large role in the state that the Autobot resistance is in to this point, there's still that hesitation of, but, you know, I, I gave him my word, like, that they live, and Megatron's kind of like, well, if you want your fucking profit, you know, you want your energy shares, you're going to kill all these guys. And then it's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, jump cut. You know, like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's basically, it's like hemming and hawing, and eventually it's just kind of like, well, I need my Energon shares, you know, so fuck hound. You know, like, that's that's kind of how I read that scene. I don't know if, if, that's, if yeah. that's a fair it's, assessment it's, of how it how it plays out to, to uh, you know, an everyday reader, but that's how I, how I kind of took that scene. Yeah, it's true. It's like Optimus gives him, like, one more chance. Like, you know, listen to your conscience. Like, you know, we used to be friends before the war. Like, you don't have to do this, blah, blah, blah. And Mirage yeah, is like, <laughs> like yeah. Use the force, Mirage. And then Mirage is like, I hate you! you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, like, he, he yeah, he spares Hound. And, like, you know, Hound obviously dies. Optimus gets pissed off and breaks free. And he shoves Mirage into the Zodiac well, and things go faboom. And then Mirage wakes up from his dream again, or he starts having a dream. I don't know. It's kind of cyclical. And like he wakes, up, he has the vision of Hound like standing over him again, asking him if he's all right. And he, 
Mirage is once again like like damaged or whatever he was at the beginning, where he saw himself like damaged and lying in rubble, and uh, he basically wakes up in the same healing machine, but this time, and he's like, you know, I always have the same dream, but what's weird in the dream is that I'm in Decepticon, so it's like an inverse of like the beginning of the issue. And dun, 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 dun. Yeah, dun, it's like a Twilight Zone issue or something. Yeah. So you are left to ask, you know, what is the reality and what is the fantasy? But I think the real the real answer is it doesn't matter because this issue never led to anything or like was never brought up again until like just like a couple weeks ago. So like Dan yeah. Roberts. Oh, yeah, it's so. probably going to be something cool that he does with it. But yeah. Or Barber was oh, the Barber. one who brought it up, yeah, so... But, basically, yeah, like, what what happened in, like, the the third part of Combiner Wars is that, like, First Aid is seen, like, treating Mirage, who is, like, under uh, under the weather or whatever, and, like, First Aid says, like, Mirage has a history of, like, hallucinating or having, like, visions and stuff, and they kind of tie it to, like, how Ironhide, like, has visions of, like, the future or the past or whatever. And, like, the Mirage and Ironhide actually kind of share a vision. So, like, I, I guess th- that was a pretty nice way of, like, tying this issue into, like, continuity somehow. Because otherwise it's just kind of a weird, like like I said, like, Twilight Zone one-off. So, I don't know. What, what did you think about the issue, Derek? I think the issue was interesting but i mean i it's funny because taken on its own merit i would think that it's like the star trek mirror universe in a way but the way they get around it is you know if if you have like the star trek mirror universe usually it's like oh there's a transporter accident and somebody who's from our universe goes over there and is the you know the everyman the point of view character and goes wow look at how everybody's different and evil and they have you know, goatees and, and twirly mustaches and everybody's got really short miniskirts and look hot, you know, and like, look at how different this all is or whatever. But in this case, it's done with this kind of dream sequence. So so in a way, like the way I took it as if, if Mirage is Mr. Spock in this analogy I'm, I'm drawing for everybody, basically Mr. Spock has a dream where he's, you know, ruler of the evil Empire Federation and has a goatee. But then the goatee Spock has a dream that he's goatee-less Spock and is part of this peaceful, you know, cooperative Federation of planets. You know, and, and I just thought, oh, they're just dreaming about one another, but both realities are real. Like, that's that's sort of how I took the turnaround. Because I, I guess it, it's kind of unfair because... You, you know that Mirage being an Autobot is a genuine reality, yes? I mean, that's, yeah. that's where the story starts from. So, so you, you can either imagine that it's a crazy dream sequence that would have never gone anywhere, or you can imagine, I mean, in my mind, the, like what I imagined was it's just a parallel reality that is slightly ajar, you know, a mirror universe for Transformers, you know, I guess, you know, in some ways, I guess you could bring up like things like shattered glass or whatever, but some other, you know, variant of a shattered glass universe where, you know, Autobots are bad and Decepticons are good or something like that. But in this case, it just happens to apply to Mirage in this instance. If 
what happened in Combiner Wars legitimizes this story, then does that mean that he will eventually become a Decepticon? Like, is that what it means, or does it mean something else, that he's just having visions like Ironhide, and he was having a quote-unquote true vision of an alternate reality? Yeah. So I don't, like, I, I don't know, I, you know? I, I just like how, like, I, I don't know how to put this, like, like egocentric this, like, vision or dream is. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. In it, like, Mirage is, like, so important, and mm-hmm. so, like, he talks smack to Megatron, like, he's the one who, like, you know, helped them, like, win the war and whatnot, so it's kind of, you know, I, I, it throws it almost into question where whether it is, like, just a hallucination or some kind of weird dream or actual prophecy. Well, if, but, you, if like, you are having a dream, you are the protagonist of your own dream, and you would probably view yourself in the best light possible, but then having said that as well, if it's an alternate reality, you know, it, it's it, I guess you could argue that every dream you have that is not exactly like your life could be part of a, you know, a multiverse or something like that, I suppose. You know, it's like it's like you, you have all these weird philosophical things like do you, it, it's like if you ever sit there and you like you walk down the street and you narrowly avoid tripping over a crack in the sidewalk but then you think like oh shit what if i had tripped on that crack in the sidewalk and then i fell over and i cracked my head all over the street and then i was like i don't know harrison ford and sabrina for the rest of my life or something like that you know (laughs) like and then because you have that train of thought like did that become a parallel reality where you are like harrison ford and sabrina for the rest of your life you know that's just me like going off on a tangent, but, but the, the way you described the Mirage's dream is kind of very egocentric and self-serving. Like that's just, I'm just giving you a glimpse into my own mind, having a mini egocentric moment while I'm walking down the street. But this seems to be a story, you know, a spotlight where it focuses on Mirage and it also has that kind of I don't. I don't know what the right word is. It it has that kind of um, vibe to it, or just yeah, like a vibe or indulgence. You know, is probably the best yeah. word to describe it. It's like an indulgence of of you know. Oh well, what if I were to be a Decepticon? I would probably be the best Decepticon because I can you know change my shape and and use the electron lights and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I I'd probably, you know, talk back to Megatron, whereas all those other guys wouldn't talk back to them. You know, and I'd also have a moral compass. And then once somebody yeah. shoved a bunch of Energon credits in my face, I'd abandon that moral compass and murder them all. You know, like, I, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I guess that's just, you know, kind of what was going on within that storyline. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting one shot, you know, like, I mean, as far as it becoming something that has more to do with the current storyline, I, I find that interesting, too, because, you know, maybe there's some things you can reconcile and maybe there's some things that you can't, you know. Maybe Hound will walk up to Soundwave and just rip his head off at some point or something. And then uh, and then he'll need, like, some kind of headmaster combiner guy to fix his head. Yeah, like Dr. Venom. Like, what do you call it? That's pretty much what's going on in, like, G.I. Joe versus Transformers, where it's like Dr. Venom wants to, like, pilot Soundwave, like a headmaster or whatever. But It's interesting because uh, the visions that Ironhide has seem to clearly be 
focused on a specific timeline and a specific future, whereas because mirages are an indulgence, you you question, I mean, even at the outset of this story, it's it's all designed to kind of make you question, are are you involved in something that is reality? And and you, at the outset, you're kind of like, you know, it'd be like, you know, you do a Twilight Zone episode and... You know, it's like, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you look down and you've got like a Nazi armband on your on your, uh, you know, sleeve. And all of a sudden you're like, what the hell is this? This is so weird. Like, I'm not this person, you know, or whatever. And it's the same thing. He looks down and he's got this Decepticon symbol. But what's interesting is it's not like he's got the perception of the Autobot Mirage in this reality. You know, it's not like his consciousness is somehow traversed across dimensions or through the dreamscape or whatever, where it's like, even though he's got a Decepticon symbol, he's acting like the Autobot Mirage that we all know and love. It's actually, he's self-serving and wants a share of the Energon credits. And I mean, it, it's clearly a, not, not, it's like, it's it'd be weird. Like you, that's kind of a weird concept because how often do you dream about not being yourself? You know, like, because, because, yeah. I mean, yeah, you might have strange dreams or you might have strange tangents of thought, you know, while you're, you know, thinking to yourself or whatever. But I don't often dream. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to say like in absolutes, but I mean, I, I don't often dream that I'm a completely different person than I am. I mean, you might have fantasies, you might have, uh, you know, nightmares, but I mean, it, it, you know, if somebody, like, tries to uh, rob you in the middle of the night while you're sleeping in a dream, it's like you're still sort of you. Do you know what I mean? Whatever your yeah. moral compass is, you know, like, you don't, it's not like all of a sudden, you know, you look down and you're like, and in my dream, I'm a cop, and I've got a badge, <laughs> and, you know, or whatever, you know, or, you know, in my dream... You know, I'm a doctor, and somebody got shot, and then I saved their life. I mean, I guess maybe some people do have dreams like that. I'm just saying for myself, like, I don't often have dreams where I'm not me. You know, I don't know. What about you? Like, do you have dreams where you're not you? Like, have you ever had a dream where you have a different perfect? a different profession or, or, or a different, like, do you have a, like, you know how they, they did a famous story about the guy dreams he's a fucking bug, you know, like that, you know, yeah. the Kafka stuff. Like, I mean, it's like, uh, have you ever had a dream like that? Like I, I have like, it's very rare that I realize I'm in a dream while I'm dreaming. Like, so usually I behave like myself, but like, on the rare occasions where, like, I can, like, I can sort of, wait, this must be a dream, because that doesn't make any sense or something, like, it, it seems like I can't, like, do anything to change what's happening, even if I was, had that awareness. Kind of like you're, you're watching something on TV rather than yeah, being an active person. Like at, at that point, it, it kind of, like, sometimes I feel like I go to the third person and I just watch events unfold. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there's there's some cases where I mean I I would definitely say I don't feel that way in a dream, but then sometimes I I can see what you're saying, like where you feel like you're you're more of a third party observing it, like and usually uh, I I guess usually if I have that feeling, then then you I don't know maybe maybe you're you're starting to become aware that you are dreaming, if that makes any sense. 
you know, that you're not the person you are in the dream, I suppose. Yeah, I get you. Well, I, I, I was going to say, like, Mirage is one of those characters, like, Thundercracker, like, uh, who, I guess, like, we like to call it, like, who walks, like, the tightrope sometimes, where it's kind of like, you know, people are interested because, oh, maybe he has doubts about the cause or whatever. And, like, I don't know, like, sometimes it's, it's you, you would want to see him, like, swing all the way to the other side. And then sometimes it's you're kind of like, oh, well, he doesn't really, you know, it doesn't seem, it's not as interesting as I thought, really. Or, you know, because, like, like you said, like, it's like the logical extension of him, like, you know, falling to the other side of the tightrope is this issue, basically, where he becomes a full-on Decepticon, but... It's like, is it sometimes is it something you really want to see, or is sometimes is is there anything is there anything interesting to be had from that? But I, I feel like the interesting stuff would be what came before this, like why, yeah. you know, in in terms of IDW and the way they set up the political spectrum for Decepticons, it's like and Autobots, it's like what was different about this Mirage? Was he in the war game arenas with Megatron? Did Megatron save his life? Is he, you know, kind of part of his band of brothers in this reality? Is is there some other instance where, you know, Senator, you know, Schmuckface from the Autobot camp, like, you know, I don't know, beat up his mom and dad? You know, I mean, I'm just making stuff up now. But, you know, you know what I mean? Like, there, 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 yeah. there would have to be some kind of, uh, incident and, and life-changing events, like what was, you know, what part of uh, nature, you know, was different, you know, or what, what part of nurture was different to make this mirage turn out the way he turned out? Because, I mean, it's weird. He does seem to still wrestle with certain things, but I, I think that's more because of what he promised. You know, it's it's... It doesn't seem like he has that much problem with killing the Autobots, but just the fact that he already made them a promise, you know, and the fact that he basically Megatron is the one who's in control and not him. And he wants to think he's in control of the situation, but he's really not, because if he doesn't do what Megatron says, then he doesn't achieve his end goal, you know, so there's that there's that kind of there's another layer of reality there where, you know, even though we, we say this story is set up where Mirage is, quote-unquote, the center of this dream universe, it's like if he doesn't do what Megatron says at that moment, like Headless Soundwave and all these other assholes can just take him out, take out all the Autobots, and then yeah. go home, right? So it's like what what interest of it is is for him to to not go ahead and take out Hound. I mean, he might as well. That's what, I mean, basically that's what he really came there to do. That's, yeah. You know? that, that's the end result of it. Basically, if you take it to the logical, yeah, like extension. So, um, I was just going to say like, we like, by the time this, this episode airs, like the, the combiner wars will be done with at least the storyline will be. So like, I, I was like, if this this issue was linked into you know Mirage's subplot and Combiner Wars, like I think we 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 all know that the the eventual the outcome of that is just Mirage is going to be an arm for Optimus Prime. So like uh, it's like the the deeper implications of this issue will probably probably be left within this issue. I'd say like yeah, you know I I think. 
John Barber just used this issue as a springboard to show, like, to tie in with Ironhide's, like, visions and, like, to, you know, also, because since he's, like, sort of a continuity fiend, like, just not leave, like, a dangling loose end out there. So I, I do appreciate that. Like, I think that's one of his big strengths is, like, tying off these, like, loose ends and stuff. Well, it's nice, it, I guess in that regard, it's nice if you're a longtime reader to know that someone was paying attention to even something you thought was a one-off situation that wasn't actually going to lead to anything. I mean, it, it certainly, the issue in and of itself certainly raises a lot of questions and leaves them unanswered, or at least in, in the context of itself, leaves it up to you to answer those questions or, yeah. or ask them, you know, but, but in this case, you know, maybe that was something that struck a chord with Barber and he just felt like picking up on it and answering some of those questions for the reader, you know, or, or maybe like you're saying, it's just kind of a, you know, a tie in to kind of ultimately just get him to be, you know, a limb in a gestalt. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, like, I remember picking up this issue off the rack back in the old days of 2008. And uh, I remember reading it and being pissed off because I was like, you know, what the hell is this? Like, this, was, this, this <laughs> well, didn't tie into anything. It didn't, like, you know, because yeah, the to, books to were be, so, like... Yeah, to be fair, like, those spotlights were always a big hit in your part wallet. Part of the main you know? story, yeah. Well, because like, you, like, some sometimes it's either, it's either you sat there and you read a bunch of stories and then you had to pay, like, it's kind of like an annual where you paid a big chunk of change and then you either get something that continues the story, which, you know, for, I guess, the, the faithful readers, the ones that are buying everything from that storyline, it rewards them. But then, you know, if you're, I guess this is something that is, you know, what is is referred to as a done in one. I mean, you know, we we both can pick this up five years later, read it from start to finish, and basically come away with it as having read a complete story. And even though we're so far away from the minutia of what was going on in that ongoing storyline by Furman, I mean, you can still appreciate it on its own. You know, whereas if you had to review one issue of infestation or whatever station, you know, like basically you'd, you'd kind of go, Oh crap, I should probably read like the other three miniseries. So I know what the hell's going on, you know? Yeah. No, but I just thought it'd be interesting since it like, it, we like, it seemed like a really like out of the blue reference in that issue of combined. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, like, what's cool is that you picked up on it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I probably, it's been so many years since I've read any of those Furman books or any of the spotlights associated with them. And sometimes, like I, I, I've been telling you, sometimes I pick up something, read it, and then it goes out of my brain immediately, you know, especially if it's something that doesn't really strike a major chord with me. So I'm sure I've read tons of spotlights, but maybe, you know, sometimes it's like, I, I think the older I get and, and the less, you know, it's like how they always say that the comics you read as a kid are always going to be your favorites because they're the most memorable, but also because that's how your brain is at that time. You know, you learn languages better when you're younger, you know, your memory retains it all. It's like the comics I learned quote unquote, you know, to read or whatever, you know what I mean? When I was a kid, those are always going to be part of my lexicon, but you know, stuff that's, that's post that lexicon has to work really, really hard to get me to remember them, you know? And in this case, it's like, it's cool that you, you know, you're like, Oh yeah, that's a tie into that spotlight. You know, like I probably wouldn't have, caught that to be honest 
I think uh, I think this spotlight could have been improved if uh, when Mirage was about to kill Hound, if Optimus was like, no, no, like, you know, take him prisoner, take him with us, and Mirage should have been like, sorry, Prime, the ship was full, and then, like, stabbed him. Now that's the smartest thing you've said all day! Yeah, I think that's about it. That's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. Uh, you have any closing thoughts? Or no, I mean... You want to just get, do our usual spiel? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, uh, if you enjoyed listening to Fanholes Transformers Tuesdays, uh, you can check us out on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you like listening to us via streaming, you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio. We are on iTunes. We can also be found, again, at our regular blog spot. We're on Podbean. Uh, you can also contact us via the awesome social medias on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, any of those places. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you, Derek. So that's it. Uh, that's uh, Spotlight Mirage, uh, Transformers Tuesdays. Uh, thank you for listening. This is Mike uh, signing off, and uh, peace out. Whatever, dude. This is Derek signing off. Full. Man, like, Mirage is, like, worse than Huffer sometimes. Like, oh, can't we go back? And Mirage is like, yes, Prime, can't we go back? I hope there's, like, a Decepticon Huffer in that alternate dream universe where he's, like, a whiny <laughs> bitch Decepticon or something. He's like, why? You only got 70% of the energy credits? Come on! Oh, this'll never work.